So, I think we all agree Star Wars is probably one of the greatest movie franchises ever, of all time, right? And a lot of that has to do with its characters. Whether it's the characters themselves, their designs, their outfits, or even their choice of weapons, the Star Wars universe has an abundance amount of memorable and recognizable characters in this world, most of whom wear masks. So today we are taking a look behind the mask to understand the deeper meaning of them, what they symbolize, and the analysis of what they stand for, right here on Han Talks First. So who talks first? You talk first. I talk first. So yeah, welcome back, everybody. This is episode 163, and it is a very special episode today because we are discussing the main topic of Star Wars Unmasked and what the masks means. We're going to talk about a bunch of different characters, what they stand for, what the mask represents, and everything else in this awesome world that is related to Star Wars masks, which I think is a pretty cool concept. It kind of gets into the philosophy of Star Wars in some ways. And it really hones in on what the theme of this podcast is, which is understanding what makes this franchise so iconic. That's why this podcast was started, to like really deep dive into Star Wars lore and figure out why so many people love it so much. So anyway, guys, welcome to the video. I hope you're in for a good treat today. I hope I do a good job explaining this to you and giving you my thoughts. If you're new to the page, consider subscribing so you never miss an episode. Or check out on the audio platform, Spotify, Anchor, uh, Apple, Amazon, Stitcher, Overcast, anywhere podcasts are found. We do a live show every Sunday at 12 p.m. Pacific time. I hope you guys are off to a great week. It is Sunday. Hope you got all your week planned out to finish your Christmas shopping or decorating, what have you, all the good stuff. And I hope, like I said last week, this holiday is not driving you too crazy because people get crazy this time of year, just saying. Now, we do have a little bit of news to talk about today, but mainly we're going to be focusing on Star Wars masks. But before we do any of that, we have to get into our first segment of the show. Star Wars Star Wars Replay is where we replay major moments and events that happened this week in Star Wars history. And this week, back in 1973, the director of The Last Jedi, Ryan Johnson, is born. In 1999, Star Wars Episode I, Racer, was released on the Mac. In 2006, Star Wars Lego No. 2, the original trilogy, won the Best Video Game Based on a TV Show or Movie Award at the Spike TV Video Game Awards. In 2008, the complete Star Wars encyclopedia is published. In 2015, The Force Awakens was released in theaters on December 18th. In 2016, Rogue One was released in theaters on December 16th. And finally, in 2017, The Last Jedi was released in theaters on December 15th. That's it for Star Wars Replay. Tune in next week to find out what major moments and events happened next week in Star Wars history. So there you have it. That was this week in Star Wars history. And tune in next week to find out what happened next week in the Star Wars world. So real quickly, I want to just jump on the Ahsoka wagon and talk about the show a little bit more. Because there was a bit of casting news that actually I failed to mention 
two weeks ago when this news broke and it is just more casting news so according to deadline who usually breaks all the ahsoka tano news such as hayden christensen coming back and natasha liu Bordizo, I believe that's what her name is, coming into the Ahsoka series, where they also announced that Ivana Sakano joins the Disney Plus series as a newly created character. So Ivana is a Ukraine-born uh, actress, and she's known for her roles mostly in Pacific Rim Uprising and The Spy Who Dumped Me. I have seen the first... I've seen the Pacific Rim that she was in. I don't remember who she played, to be honest with you. Pacific Rim 2 is not a very memorable film. I think John Boyega was also in that movie. So it's kind of funny that two Star Wars actors were in this film. But the main question about like what will this, this woman bring to the role is she's going to be a new character. A newly created character by Dave Filoni. Which Dave Filoni is really good at making new characters, as we've seen in the past. But he's also had a history of creating new characters that the audience takes a long time to adjust to. The main example of that being Ahsoka Tano herself, right? So Ahsoka, when she was first debuted, was so annoying. Everyone disliked this character. And when they found out she was going to be like... A primary focus in the Clone Wars series, a lot of people went, oh, really? And then, of course, a couple of years later, they announced that they were doing Star Wars Rebels. And this, a similar thing happened again, which was with Ezra Bridger. And Ezra came to screen and a lot of people said, oh, we really don't like this guy. You know, he's an Aladdin ripoff. He's really annoying. He's just a stupid kid, all that kind of stuff, you know. But then eventually, a lot of people ended up really loving Ezra. I ended up really loving Ezra too. Uh, I agree with the, the some of the criticisms that he started out really annoying and kind of a jerk, um, but eventually he grew to become a really likable character in Star Wars. And so anyway, this is great. We have more casting news. It's not just going to be characters we've known from the past that are going to be in this show. It's going to also include new characters that we can... Um, find out more about them and really expand the world even more so this is great i'm excited if you guys have seen anything from ivana sakano i think that's how you pronounce her name we got a lot of cool actor names in star wars um let me know and honestly they could just keep her name ivana sakano as her star wars name because it kind of sounds star warsy but let me let me know what you guys think about this news and i'm excited for this show and also for any of you that want to get in a bigger and broader understanding of the Ahsoka character and prepare for the Ahsoka TV series, go check out my video, the top 10 facts about Ahsoka Tano. And there are some really cool things in that video. It was actually one of my first videos to actually really take off and get a lot of views. A lot of views for this type of channel is very small, by the way, <laughs> but it was a fun video and a very popular podcast episode as well. And let me guys know if you want any other top 10 fun facts about other Star Wars characters, too. All right, everybody, with that out of the way, let's get into the main topic today, discussing the deeper meanings of Star Wars masks. Since the Stone Age, masks have had a long history of symbolism in many different cultures. In Star Wars, they can be used for many different things too, such as to evoke fear or humor or simply just protection as a piece of their armor, depending on each one's use. 
Masks ultimately hide the identity of its wearer or a person by its own features to establish themselves as a different or separate being. You know, a lot of times in Star Wars, when we see masks being worn by someone, it really embraces the mythology tone of this world because masks in our culture had mostly been used for like ritualistic ceremonies, for performance-based things, and many, many other things throughout many different types of cultures, right? And so when we see masks being worn in the original Star Wars, for example, by Darth Vader, which we're going to talk a lot about today, it it opens up our minds and starts making us think about the mystery and it adds to that mythology because it makes it makes it more of a performance piece just by simply someone wearing a mask which is really cool and then the other thing that masks really represent in star wars that we see a lot of times is dual personality or disassociative identity disorder things like that which we'll also refer back to darth vader and other examples as well but I think one of the most essential common characteristics of masks in Star Wars is obviously they hide the identity of a person or their mood or their reactions to the things that happen to them. So before we really dive into it, let's just mention some of the Star Wars characters that Dong masks. So of course there is the Mandalorian, which is probably the most recent example. Good old Din Djarin. And then there's also Boba Fett. Obviously, a lot of Mandalorians wear helmets, a very unique design. And then there's the classic Darth Vader, which we're going to spend a good majority talking about today. And then the Darth Vader impersonator, Mr. Kylo Ren, a.k.a. Ben Solo. And then Darth Revan. Darth Revan I'm actually going to spend a little bit of time talking about because one of our listeners had requested that when we do this episode... We talk about Darth Revan, so I will mention that a little later. And then there's also Phasma. There's also stormtroopers in general of each type of tier. And then there's Enfys Nest, another recent example. Darth Nihilus, the, Petro- the Praetorian Guards, Tusken Raiders, and so much more. There's, there's tons. Like, we don't have time to cover them all. It's insane. But these are just a couple of prominent examples in Star Wars of people that wear masks. And each one means its own thing. So let's let's start off by talking about Darth Vader, which is the most iconic. I mean, when you think of Star Wars iconography, Darth Vader, for me anyway, is the first thing that comes to mind, and probably for a lot of people too. I mean, even just talking about the design, the concept of Vader's mask, his whole armor, his his costume, and everything, that in itself is its own podcast discussion. But if, if we're just getting into the meaning of the mask and things like that today, well, it obviously says a lot about who his character is. Uh, several different things. We could also talk about how it's not only just a way to hide who Darth Vader is underneath, but it also protects Vader. It keeps him alive. His his outfit, his mask, it keeps him breathing, the, his respirator, all this kind of stuff. It's fascinating things about him. But if we're just talking about the mask, the black mask, it emphasizes rigidity and that mystery that we were talking about. And since there are no facial movements that are visible to Darth Vader, the characters and the viewers, us, we can't accurately judge the feelings or the intentions of him, which also enhances the threat of this character. Think about it. 
This mask also hints that there is some kind of secret to Darth Vader, something that is meant to be hidden from the audience. But it also gives the audience this urge to want to unmask this character. And think about it. I mean, if we look at The Empire Strikes Back, for example, the first time we saw Darth Vader actually removing his helmet when he was in his own quarters and he was sitting there and kind of uh, vibing in his little circle chair. I don't know what that was called. (laughs) Sorry for everyone who's getting annoyed with me. But how many of you remember first time seeing that scene and looking at it and then when you see darth the back of darth vader's head that pasty old white bald head and the camera slowly turns how many of you actually leaned in your seat to try and look around the television to see if you could see his face it's like that iconic shot in rosemary's baby when you're trying to see what's behind the door and your your head is trying to look around the television it's one of those things it gives the audience this urge to to want to know what is behind this this deadpan of a mask right but getting back into one of the traits of masks in star wars that i mentioned at the top of the show which is dual personality i've said for a long time on this show that i believe that one of the ways you can diagnose Darth Vader as a character is by calling him schizophrenic. Now that might be a little too far-fetched, but definitely this dual identity disorder is happening with this character. Obviously he was Anakin Skywalker. And then at a certain point he became Darth Vader. And his journey through the films is this, this confrontation of who he is as a person. And this mask is this, this crux that he tries to identify with himself as. And it's it's just a very interesting story for him. And as far as characters go, obviously Darth Vader is probably, obviously the most iconic, but a huge focus in the first six episodes. And then if we look at his ultimate redemption in Return of the Jedi... And we finally see his face revealed. And his he asks his son to take off his mask so that he can look at him with his real eyes. Embracing that dual personality thing that we have been kind of talking about. Where underneath this mask is Anakin Skywalker. Inside this false body is Anakin, the father of Luke Skywalker. And then, of course, whenever he wears the outfit, he is this looming threat that's just lingering in the darkness, right? The temptation and the threats from Darth Vader have coincided with the themes and the fantasies of childhood and adolescence. I mean, obviously, we see that represented a lot with episode one and who he wants to be, slavery, all that kind of stuff. So it also represents that, that Vader has been a slave his entire life, literally or figuratively. He is a slave to this body, this Darth Vader suit and his final actions of sacrifice allow these themes to come to a successful and an inspiring conclusion and it all stems from his visual look the mask the most iconic mask in history obviously interpreted from old samurai helmet wear i don't know what the name of it is but we're just going to call it darth vader samurais um Obviously, a huge inspiration from that, which George Lucas told Ralph McQuarrie to design for him and based off of those those looks and things like that. Now, obviously, we can't talk about masks in Star Wars 
and not mention the cave scene in The Empire Strikes Back. Now, I don't know about you, but this scene freaked me out as a kid. I was always nervous to the part where Vader would come around the corner and surprise Luke. Now, the cave discussion we could talk about all day because there's tons of things in this scene. This like quick 60-second scene, there's tons of stuff in there. But if we're just talking about that one shot where Luke looks down after cutting off Vader's head and he sees the helmet sitting there. And then, of course, it explodes, and it is revealed that Luke Skywalker is in that mask, or a representation of Luke Skywalker is in that mask, kind of foreshadowing who he could either become or that there is a father figure in there, like the Darth Vader that he's seeking to hunt down and kill. It could have been a foreshadowing that this is your father, too. There's so many different things, but basically the big one being... Luke Skywalker is going down a path that he could eventually turn into his worst enemy. He could turn into that thing that he doesn't want to become just by embracing or not embracing the light side to its full commitment. So it's a one of the best scenes in Star Wars. I might have to do a whole episode about it, just that scene, because it's it's so incredible and a lot of people's favorites, too. So there's that. Now, a mask may allow its wearer to emphasize one facet of themselves. Or it submerges themselves and performs as an act that are totally out of their character. So for Darth Vader, that was the symbolic and I guess you could say literal manifestation of the union of light side and dark side. Anakin Skywalker in his true form and Darth Vader. But I want to move away from Darth Vader and start to talk about other characters that wear masks in Star Wars. Because there's tons of others, obviously, as we mentioned, but... Uh, more of a common example is Din Djarin, the Mandalorian. The Mandalorian, of course, is, you know, we do know that he generally doesn't want to remove his helmet out of his reverence for the Mandalorian code, which we then learn is from a certain sect of Mandalorians that have started their own way of life, or the way, as they like to say. And this introduces a whole other facet of symbolism and themes of the mask and one thing i found interesting of course was that it doesn't coincide with the other code of the mandalorian proper the bo-katans of the mandalores but getting back to how the mask represents one single facet of its wearer well for din Djarin, this one facet of himself would be that he is lost he, of course, was a youngling when he was, or what do they call him? A foundling, a foundling. He was, uh, didn't have parents or they died at the Clone Wars, something like that. And he was brought into this guild of Mandalorians and then received his helmet and was told never to take it off again. Now, for me, that symbolizes that he's lost. He's looking for a family or he's looking for something to latch onto emotionally and the way i back now you can have your own interpretation of this this is simply just mine but the way that i i uh back up this theory of my own is that obviously he when he finds baby yoda he gets this attachment to him because one he sees himself in baby yoda being a foundling not knowing who his people are or how to get there and he's kind of lost in this world and then of course eventually he wants to try and become a father figure to him at the end of season two he reveals that, wow, this kid, I have to give him up. And that's really important to his story. 
and he decides to show him his face. When he takes off his helmet and shows little Grogu what he looks like, it's it was a it was a pivotal moment in the Mandalorian season two, and it says a lot about Din Djarin. It says that hey, I am more than this mask. I am not lost anymore. I've found my emotional, my sensitive state, and I'm going to open myself up to you, this little baby who has no one who is lost, because the baby can't wear a mask. The baby Yoda, he needs recognition. He needs to identify with someone. And that's amazing moment when he touches Din Djarin's face. And I'm sure all of you cried. I cried. It was so beautiful. But Din Djarin is a very good example of, you know, symbolic mask representation in Star Wars and a more recent example, too. Now, I did mention that a listener last week had requested we talk about Darth Revan. So uh, really briefly, you know, I'm not going to get into the whole history of Darth Revan, but Darth Revan is, of course, a character from the Knights of the Old Republic and hopefully making his return someday in live action. That would be amazing. But basically, Revan's mask was originally worn by a Mandalorian. By a, uh, it was part of a female Mandalorian armor. And this warrior had died during what was the Mandalorian genocide, which was against the Cathar species. It's a, it's a, long, it's a long history, uh, tons of lore there, but that's just giving you a very basic rundown. And... Eventually, I think it was about 10 years later, Revan had claimed this mask as his own. And he put it on and he vowed he would never remove it until the Mandalorian Neo-Crusaders, who were the ones that committed this genocide, were defeated permanently. And then, of course, he went on and he, he did as he set out to do. And then it started the, the, the Great Jedi War. Or, and then he ultimately became uh, a Dark Lord of the Sith, uh, a Darth, and then he got captured by the Jedi. And it wasn't until he got captured by the Jedi that he was, they removed his helmet. And it had been that long since. And that journey kind of symbolizes that he, he kind of went, in, he went into the dark side the moment he put on the helmet because he was chasing down revenge, which wasn't the Jedi way. And he started down this path and ultimately became consumed by the amount of people he killed. He pulled a Mike, Michael Myers from Halloween. <laughs> Have you, if you guys haven't seen the new Halloween Kills movie, there's this line where Jamie Lee Curtis says, every time he kills, he gets stronger because he's some supernatural being. Well, that's a, <laughs> kind of... Um, Revan is a Michael Myers in this situation. I know I know, it's a terrible example, and a lot of you probably hate me for that, that comparison, but allegorically, it does make sense, I believe. And he went down this path and ultimately consumed himself with this dark energy, became a Darth Revan, and when he was captured, it was removed. And there's so much other history with Revan. And ultimately, I have to do a top 10 facts about Revan because it's such a great character and uh, very, very mysterious. Of course, this mask adds into that as well. But that's just a basic representation of this mask for him. So thank you for that recommendation, Merck. I, I really appreciate that. By the way, if any of you are watching live, I, I would really appreciate it if you hit the like button down below. Uh, it helps out a lot. Hit the dislike if you dislike it, you know, whatever you want to do. Um, but I really appreciate that. And if you're watching this after the fact, um, comment. Let me know what your favorite mask is in Star Wars. Mine is 
obviously probably Darth Vader. I really didn't put too much thought in it. That was a question in the spur of the moment. But Darth Vader, it, without question, you know, one of one of the most creative pieces of design in cinematic history. Just just absolutely brilliant. Um, but yeah, like this video, comment, share it with other people. And um, we'll have more episodes like this coming forward. But we're not done yet. There's one more big chunk of mask talk that I want to discuss. And I want to move into the sequel trilogy a little bit. Because as you guys know, um, in The Force Awakens, uh, mainly I'll talk about The Force Awakens, um, there was tons of introductions of masks in the show. And what's really interesting about it is when the, when the movie started, all the three main characters wore masks at the beginning of the film. Ray, Finn, and Kylo Ren. But the question is, why? Well, for one, it makes a really great reveal, <laughs> right? But also, it, it signifies that there is a commonality between all three of them. And uh, I guess we could add in Poe, um, but he doesn't really wear a mask that covers his face. He wears a helmet, but I'll explain why in a second. So basically, each character is hiding from a past, uh, as far as those three characters go, Finn, Rey, and Kylo Ren. And they're hiding, at least for the most part, from their inner selves, or they are denying their own self-worth. Now, one thing that uh, Poe doesn't have with his lack of mask is that he doesn't doubt himself in The Force Awakens. He has no denial of his true self, you know? So that's one thing that separates him from these these other three is he doesn't wear a mask because he knows who he is. He's confident. He's a he's a fighter pilot. You know, he obeys orders and he's he's focused. And obviously that changes in the last Jedi, but we're not we're not going we're just talking about this introduction. So that's one reason why maybe he doesn't have a mask symbolically. Obviously, I'm sure JJ and Lawrence Kasdan didn't say, "Hey, he doesn't wear a mask because he's self-aware and he is not struggling with." I'm sure that didn't happen. <laughs> that's just a, uh, a a critic way of looking at it, an analysis way of looking at it. But the first one I want to talk about out of these three is Finn. And talking about Finn, we're also going to talk about stormtroopers in general uh, because obviously all of them wear masks, um, and Finn is a very rare, very very good example of uh, wearing a mask and struggling with your own self-identity and removing it ultimately. And obviously stormtroopers talking about them first, they all wear masks. They all use helmets to serve as a protection service, obviously, but also I guess you could say in some ways it evokes fear because it shows that they're all unified. You can't tell what they're thinking, as we talked about earlier. There's no way to emote. And But most importantly, I think the masks of the stormtroopers dehumanize them as characters on the screen. Because there's not a moment in the sequel trilogy, the original trilogy, or even the prequel trilogy, where we identify with one clone or stormtrooper in the whole entire group because they're all the same so it dehumanizes them and that's why finn's story is so unique because it gives a stormtrooper a purpose now ultimately what i mean by this is that when we dehumanize these characters with their masks is it removes their own individuality that's ultimately what i'm saying stormtroopers lose 
an importance to themselves. They don't have any individuality. Now, Finn, if we talk about his mask, you know, Finn's first impulse when he starts to question his own self-awareness is that he runs back to his ship and he takes off his helmet and his true identity is then revealed. And then the audience is like, wow, this is a person going off the theme of the movie itself. The force awakens something awakens in Finn in that moment at the beginning of the film when his friend is killed and there's that beautiful shot of his blood on his helmet. Well, his first instinct when the force awakens in him is to run and to get out of this suit to identify his own self importance. And we see that represented on the screen too. And I've said so many times, I think Finn is like the most like waste of potential character in the sequel trilogy because his story arc was just so it could have been really, really great. It was something we'd never seen before. And like like we just said, it humanizes a stormtrooper for the first time. I mean, you could argue the clones, there was Rex, Cody, and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, that really didn't happen until... It didn't really establish itself until the series came out, where we got to really know them a lot better. Um, but Finn is a great example of that. And moving away from Finn and stormtroopers, kind of getting into... Let's talk about the dark side. Let's talk about Kylo. So Kylo Ren, obviously, is... Some would say there's no meaning to his mask. He's just a wannabe Darth Vader, which is true. He is a wannabe Darth Vader. But there's also some pretty key important details with Kylo Ren's mask that I want to discuss as well. And unlike most characters in Star Wars, Kylo Ren is actually one, a dark side villain that is being pulled towards the light side of the force. And time and time again, he denies it. That's, that is one thing I like about Kylo Ren. I, you know, I never really cared for him when the movies first came out. It took me a long time to warm up to this character, but eventually I found him to be a very interesting, have a very interesting role in the stories. And that is, of course, he's being pulled to the light and he denies it. Whereas in contrast to that, characters like Luke and Rey and Anakin are pulled toward the, toward the dark side and they deny that. So it's an interesting juxtaposition to that. But what is key to Kylo Ren's mask is that Kylo Ren is the mask. Kylo Ren is the character, the performance-based character. If we're relating it back to olden days when masks used to be used as theatrical or ritualistic ideas. And the actual human underneath is Ben Solo. So there's a representation there, kind of getting back into the dual personality aspect of it, similar to Darth Vader, Anakin versus uh, versus Vader, the man and under the mask and the monster on top. And then similar to Kylo as well. And a good example, another allegory would be relating this to Batman versus Bruce Wayne. They're the same exact person, but when the Batman mask comes on, he's a little bit less identified as a human and he's more of a obviously a vigilante and so that's a good example for kylo ren where batman's not evil kylo ren is definitely dark side evil now it's funny that we're doing this mat this mask episode because and talking about kylo because when i first started this podcast the the first ever episode i did it was like a welcome introductory episode, and I talked about one little thing, and that was Kylo Ren, and it was about his mask. So it's kind of funny we're doing full circle now. Um, 
and the things I said in that video, it was it was more of a theory. And it was how he designed his mask, which is kind of interesting because we don't really have answers to that in the books or encyclopedias. And if you want to hear a more detailed version of what I'm about to say, go check out episode one of the Hauntox First podcast. But basically what I was saying was I think that Kylo Ren's mask was designed to mimic that of his father. And what I mean by that is Han Solo, obviously, in both the movies and in like in canon and in expanded universe, he was a a soldier for the Empire. And the Empire soldiers, the military, they wear masks that have the same exact headpiece as Kylo Ren. Not the actual face covering piece, but the eyes and the dome is very similar to Empire um, military helmets, which is very interesting. Again, go check out that episode for a more detailed representation. But I think that could be what made him want to design his mask to be this way. And it also is a callback to his father, which could be very interesting tie-in as well. But getting back to the dual personality thing, unlike other characters, Kylo Ren uses his mask to hide his true emotions. And this it, this is not more theoretical. This is actually, I think, uh, exactly what the filmmakers were trying to do. Because if you watch The Force Awakens, every single time that Kylo Ren is in a weakened state or he is vulnerable his mask is off. We can look at examples like whenever he's facing Snoke and he's being in a position where he feels lesser than or when Rey uses the Force to do mind tricks on him and find out that he wants to be like Darth Vader or when his father is killed standing on the on the balcony of that uh, Starkiller base and he looks a little bit more vulnerable than normal. And then also at the very end of the film when he's defeated by Rey Skywalker. So every time that Kylo Ren is without his mask and he's ultimately Ben Solo, he's in a weakened state. And this mask, he kind of feels more powerful. So basically, again, just denying his own self-worth. That is Kylo Ren's facet to his mask is he just can't come to terms with who he really is, which is coming to the light and being Ben Solo again. Now, I'm sure a lot of you had kind of questions about what I meant when I said Ray is included in the people that wear masks because technically she's only wearing the mask for a short period of time in the opening of The Force Awakens. And of course, it seems like it's mostly for a practical reason, which would be to cover her face from any sandstorms or winds, things like that. And and yes, that is true. But if we're if we're really looking at this from a from a, a deeper analysis, I really think there is some importance to to Ray's mask. And yes, while it is mostly for practical reasonings, I think also another practical use of the mask at the beginning of her debut was because it makes for a nice face reveal. And Daisy Ridley has a really nice face, right? And that's something that everybody loves. I would I would think so anyway. I mean, that's a face that makes a mother happy, right? And probably a lot of boys and girls too. <laughs> <laughs> but getting away from that, I think early on it does establish a little bit more than a nice face reveal or that she is, you know, protecting herself from the sandstorms. I think Ray being introduced in a mask tells the audience that this person has some emotional baggage. And that's true. Ray has struggled with her own self identity 
through all three of the sequel trilogy movies. I mean, she's probably still even thinking about it today, even though she gave herself her own name, the Sky Ray Skywalker, and we're not going to go down that path. <laughs> That's the path to the dark side. But she is someone who is hiding from a past that she doesn't even remember. Ray wants to find out who her parents are. She wants to remember her history. She wants she wants meaning in her life. And while she takes off her mask early on in the movie, she's still wearing one as she continues throughout all three films up until the end of The Rise of Skywalker. Yes, it's not a literal mask, but she is wearing one, a, a figurative one, throughout all the movies because she's trying to be someone she's not. And that whether it's a Skywalker, whether it's a Jedi, whether it's a nobody, she struggles trying to discover who she is. You know, kind of getting into a, a historical perspective, the Japanese used to interpret the use of people wearing masks as a way of signifying a type of longing for a state of paradise. And this is, this is exactly what Rei wears masks for. She is longing for a family. She is longing to belong to something. She also wants to leave Jakku, which is the op opposite of paradise, literally a junk planet. But most importantly, she wants to find a family. That is her goal. So throughout the film, she wears this mask of trying to be something that she's not and accepting that you know, she can be whoever she wants to be, which I think is why a lot of people love the nobody comparison that Ray is a nobody. And, you know, regardless of what you think of the ultimate resolve of Ray's character arc, uh, I do believe she finds out who she is on paper in these films and ultimately takes off that mask and becomes Ray Skywalker. So maybe not a literal example of people who wear masks in Star Wars, but something that I thought was important to discuss because a mask isn't just something you put on your face. It's something that you hide who you are. And we see other examples of that in Star Wars too. Um, but mainly, I just want to discuss these couple of characters. And we could talk all day about the masks of Star Wars because there's other really cool designs out there. But I think the most important ones are Vader, Kylo, Finn, Stormtroopers, and of course, Revan, and other things like that. Now, that's all I had planned out to talk about today, because I, I don't want to go too long on this subject, because I feel like some people might think it's a little boring. But I am very curious to hear what you think about this episode. I uh, put a lot of thought into it, a lot of work into it, researched through some books and things like that. Um, but let me know what you think. Would you like to have more episodes like this one, doing deep analysis, doing philosoph uh, philosophical looks at Star Wars, uh, figurative looks at Star Wars? This is what I enjoy. This is what I want to get back to with this podcast and not just be like some kind of news outlet or tell you about the things I hate in Star Wars, like the Star Wars Hotel. <laughs> but I want to talk about the things we love and why this franchise is so iconic. So that's all I have for you today. If you guys watch this live, thank you so much for, for joining us and hanging out with people in the chat. And um, if you're watching this on the audio platform, thank you too. You know, share it with your friends. Tell me what you think. Uh, you can hit me up at social media at Han Talks First. And I always respond to everybody and always down to have a conversation about Star Wars. 
Um, but that's it for me today, guys. Uh, thank you so much for being here. This was a lot of fun. We will be back next Sunday at 12 p.m. Pacific. So come on by, maybe even watch the show live if you want to. And consider following me on Twitter, I guess, or Instagram. I post some cool photos every time, like time and time again, <laughs> whatever. But anyway, guys, thank you so much for being here. And until next time, somehow, some way, somewhere, this week, may the force be with you. So who talks first? You talk first. I talk first.